Welcome to Baba Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today we are starting the book of Revelation. And to make sure everything's accurate and understandable, I'm going to lay the groundwork for it first so we can begin. But you need to know church history to really understand it because this will, uh, because John, who wrote it, uh, when he was uh, he was left on the Isle of Patmos because they just wanted him to die. Um, he had a revelation from Jesus Christ, and so the Lord gave him this um, this um, inspirational supernatural vision, and so he he writes it down to share with the current church at the time. But we all can learn from it, okay? Because I'm going to give you the accurate stuff. And uh, the books that I would suggest to you to get, let me see here, is, now these books here, you can get them, I'll give you the websites to get them, and then uh, the last, I believe it's like the last two, you can get anywhere, like um, you can get from Amazon or whatever you used, but these two books here, I'm going to give you where you can get it from. And the first one, just to make your the study of Revelation more relevant for you and understandable, it is called The Books of the Bible Made Easy. And it's, you know, like a, looks like a thick pamphlet type thing, but it's really good. And you can get this from, um, this here's the website, uh, HendricksonRose.com. Hendrickson, excuse me, Hendrickson Publishing. And then the next one is the book of Revelation made easy. And at the bottom it says you can understand Bible prophecy. And it's written by uh, Dr. Kenneth L. Gentry Jr. He has a doctor in theology. Okay. And the website here, and you can get a lot of this guy's books. It's actually um, Gary DeMore's website. He's a great teacher, Bible teacher. And he has videos online, YouTube and all. Uh, if, if you've listened towards the end of the videos, I always mention these guys. But so his web address to get this particular book of the book of Revelations Made Easy is uh, AmericanVision.org. AmericanVision.org, and it's really, really good. And then there's an, um, this is for reading later, uh, by reading uh, Matthew 20, chapter 24, and it's really like 23 to 25, but, but Matthew 24 is right where we hear from, from Jesus' lips where he says that Jerusalem would be destroyed. So, and you can, it's called Matthew 24 Fulfilled by John Bray. And that's J-O-H-N-L Bray, B-R-A-Y. And you can get that on that site too. And that one there has some really old copies you can find. But you can also buy like the newer version and stuff. It's the same thing, it's just new on Amazon and the rest of it. And then also on Amazon, or you can buy used books. I'd buy a lot of used books because they're great condition, a whole lot cheaper. To learn uh, to learn about the history and the early church and all, uh, you can go to 
uh, the book is called Josephus Complete Works, and that's a book that uh, one of the many books I had obtained while I was going through training as a minister and everything. Fantastic. But it they didn't put Josephus in the Bible because, you know, they couldn't, there was some of it that, that they couldn't, you know, I like rectify, but but he he told a lot about the history. If you notice between the Old and the New Testament, it's kind of there and then then of the New Testament. And he also he was there when Jerusalem was destroyed, and so he was Jewish, and um, his name was Josephus. I think it's Flavius, but um, and so he wrote all this complete works and then also there's another book that has just that area of like the New Testament Matthew like 23 to 25 and and also 24 and that's called the war of the Jews the history of the destruction of Jerusalem complete edition and that you could also get on Amazon but these are books that will help you to understand um, what I have noticed and even myself when I was coming up as a minister and going through classes and courses and all this stuff, um, that I was trained very, very well. But s some of the more in-depth stuff, I had to I had to do my own self to really understand it uh, for myself. Like, they would teach it, but for me, you know, um, I had to really study a lot to really get it and understand it and get books that were more like, modern language for that stuff you know so and it really helps so these books here i have found through the years is really good to get the accurate message that is there so you can because like this to read to read and study the bible you have to know it's called hermeneutics which is how to divide the word of god you have like literal meanings you have uh symbolic meanings you have like poems in there and then you have um, uh, allegories. You know, it's, just, it's like a story with a meaning in it, and so forth. There's, you know, and so and you can also buy books on hermeneutics, biblical hermeneutics. Oh, you go online. There's a lot of them you can get. Um, I would suggest to learn it properly. Uh, you can get books from on hermeneutics by. Um, what is his name? Let me look it up real quick. By Dr. Walton, Walter Martin. He he did a good job on that. You know, when he was alive, he died in, I think, late 80s. But uh, but I used to listen to him then and now. Like, you can get all the recordings and stuff. It's on YouTube. And, in fact, on YouTube, you can go to Dr. Walter Martin and, and put in hermeneutics. And he has a whole... A lot of a lot of hours of teaching on that, and he makes it very simple to understand. And so that's that's a good place to start. But he also has books on hermeneutics. So there's a lot of other books on hermeneutics so you can understand it, you know. But yeah, you know what I like? I like to kind of research and go online and search stuff and go through books and and all kind of stuff to to find out. It's amazing. And then also, you know, books on church history, uh, you know, the New Testament church history and stuff. Um, and it tells you exactly what was going on at that time. So when you read the New Testament scriptures, you have context. Because remember, without context, you can lose the whole thing. It's kind of like, let, let me explain what 
what a good reason for context is. It's kind of like if you go in a theater and you caught the tail end of the movie, you're going to be thoroughly confused because you didn't watch the beginning, so you don't know what the character was, what was going on, anything like that. So you, so you could just go to make it up in your head and it's probably going to be wrong because you didn't watch the movie. And then, So if you watch it from the beginning, then you get the whole context. Kind of like if you watch a mystery show or something like that. If you don't get the first part of it, then the last part won't make any sense. It's the same thing in the Bible. You know, if you don't read the whole Bible in context, that means I'm like whatever book of the Bible you pick, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, then you need to make sure you understand the context at the time, which there's a lot of history books for that you can get. And now it's even easier because you can get it online. So it's just really good. Okay. So before I get into these two books, which I'm just going to give you the basics of Revelations, and then we will start uh, next time, we'll start in chapter one, but I wanted to tell you so you'd have the whole context of what was going on in Revelation, because it can be very confusing to people if you don't have the context. Okay. First, let me tell you what the Bible is or uh, why we can trust the Bible. Like I said before, I got it from... Dr. Vody Bakum online, he's on YouTube and everywhere online. And he has a website, you just put it in the search engine, Vody Bakum Ministries, and pop it right up. But here's what he described what the Bible is and why we can um, rely on it. The Bible, a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. 40 authors, 66 volumes of books, span of 1,500 years in three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe. Written in three languages, mainly Hebrew and Greek, a little in Aramaic, hundreds of subjects and topics. So when you deal with somebody who don't believe in it, they say, well, how do you prove it? Right there, there's witnesses. You're still going to have people that are still going to deny it because they reject God, period. You know, And the reason why they reject God, period, is because they don't want anyone telling them what to do or making them feel bad about what they're doing, the sin they're doing. And they, because God has written the Ten Commandments of His moral laws on our hearts. That's why we automatically know, oh, stealing is wrong, murder is wrong, and all that. That's how we know, because He's already written it in our hearts. So that's why when you use the Ten Commandments to witness to people, or, or like when I share, I use the Ten Commandments, because the Ten Commandments, God's moral law, will convict a person with their conscience. Okay, so now let me read in these books right here. I'm going to start with the books of the Bible made easy. That's just a, just a very vague, uh, just a little bit so you'll understand it. All righty. Revelation uh, written in uh, AD 85 to 95 by the Apostle John on the island of Patmos to seven churches in Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey. Purpose, to give hope to persecuted Christians and to provide a vision of Christ's return. Summary, Christians is, in John's day, faced severe persecution. The messages in Revelation remind believers that even when Evil seems so strong. God is in control of history. God will ultimately defeat Satan and his forces. The Lord will renew his creation and live among his people. Outline. 
Vision of Christ is in um, the first chapter. Seven churches, seals, trumpets, histories, and, and bowls, uh, second to 16 chapter. Uh, Fall of Babylon, chapter 17 and 18. Visions of the end, uh, chapters 19 to 21. And Invitation to Come, chapter 22. Jesus in Revelation. In his visions of heaven, John sees Jesus as he is, the ascended and glorified Lord who is worthy of all worship. His promises to give rest and peace to his followers will be fulfilled in the new heavens and new earth. Key verse, he who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. And that was Revelation chapter 22, verse 20. Okay, and let's get into the other book to give you just, like I'm just giving you some basic context. So when we, so when we start reading it, next time you will know. And I can refer to those that may have that may miss this one. Okay, uh, audience relevance. The first step in getting at John's meaning is to recognize who his audience was. As we shall see, Revelations is clearly written to a particular people. The church is addressed in Revelations. John is writing a letter, and that's Revelation chapter two, three. To those whom he knew, and in a way emphasizing their particular historical circumstances, we really must put ourselves back in his original audience's sandals to feel the full force of his teaching. John specifically names the church communities to whom he sends revelation. Okay, I'm going to read some scripture that they have here. And this is Revelation chapter 1 through 4. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you, and peace from, heaven, from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And Revelation 1.11 says, Write in a book what you see, and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, and to Smyrna, and to Pergamum, and to Thyatira, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Okay. Uh, it says, not only do we know these cities from ancient sources, but we are even aware that the order in which they appear in Revelations follows a known Roman postal route. These are historical cities containing historical first century churches. And the last part says, in chapters 2 and 3, John addresses short letters to each of them in those letters, we discover numerous historical, geographical, political, cultural, and religious allusions fitting perfectly with what we know of these regions. These are real first century Christians. We must keep that in mind. And I'm going to stop there. And then right when I get ready to start reading, I'll probably, I'll probably cover that. And then the next one after that. Then I go down for context. So we'll have it. So now you have that. And I'm running out of time because I don't have a, a, a certain amount of time for this. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me give you, while I have your attention, let me give you um, some biblical history. And this is on the Bible. So you'll know what the Bible, I've had a lot of. Uh, people, you know, questioning or, you know, attacking me or whatever about what Bible because uh, because today about 99.9% .9 of people are biblically illiterate. They don't study the Bible. They're not sitting under anyone who knows the Bible. So basically they're just getting, all they're really getting is 
like an encouraging message and that's it but it's not helping them and the majority of people sitting in the pews are on their way to hell because they haven't heard the the true gospel that why they need Christ and that if you don't that you're on your way to hell you know because we're in sin and most people don't realize that or understand it okay so I'm just going to give you some some Bible history here so you understand what how we can trust the versions of the Bible okay uh, the King James was translated from uh, the Hebrew So, uh, for the for the Old Testament, it was translated in Hebrew, which was the Jewish language and is the Jewish language, and the New Testament was written in Greek and a little in Aramaic uh, by scholars proficient in this area. There were almost one thousand editions printed from sixteen eleven to seventeen sixty nine, all with minor corrections. No comprehensive revision of the King James was was undertaken again until the middle of the 19th century or 1800s. The result was the publication in 1881 of the English Revised Version or Revised Version, which was the first and remains the only official authorized revision of the King James Bible. Um, the New Testament was published in 1881, the Old Testament in 1885, and the Apocrypha in 1895. I'm going to tell you what that is. I know, you know, if you're not, if you haven't studied it or nothing, you're going to wonder what it is. What is the Apocrypha? The, the biblical uh, apoc uh, Apocrypha, sorry, denotes the collection of apocryphal ancient books thought to have been written sometime between 200 B.C. or before Christ and A.D. 400 after Christ's death. Why was the uh, Apophrica took out from like the collection of books in the Bible? Uh, because it wasn't of divine inspiration and of doubtful authenticity. Authenticity, I'm sorry. Or evidence. Uh, source uncertain. It is considered literary, but not certain of accuracy. In, in 1975 to 82, New King James Version com was completed with modern vocabulary. These are the Bible, and that was also directly translated from the Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. Uh, these are the Bibles I know to be directly translated from the Hebrew Old Testament, Greek New Testament, and a little Aramaic New Testament by a group of scholars proficient in this area. And, and here's the Bibles that you can trust. The King James, New King James, are the NASB, the New American Standard Bible, the NIV, the New International Version, that's the one I use a lot, the ESV, English Standard Version, and the NLT, the New Living Translation. I use all these. I have all these. I don't have the NSAB, but they said that's supposed to be like the best, best, best for whatever reason. And so note, uh, the the Message Bible was not translated from the original, therefore not considered completely accurate, but literary. In fact, it was a minister, I'm not sure if it was Presbyterian or Episcopal or whatever, and he just took it upon himself to transfer it in whatever language that, like, you know, the English that he knew, and he put it on there. So there was no scholars, no debate, no nothing. You know, he just decided to do that. So that's why they call it a literary work. 
you know, and uh, I would not advise you to get that because there's a lot of inaccuracies in that. Because nobody, before it was published, nobody was there to review it or anything. You know, I mean, scholar or anything like that. Okay, so we got through that. And then next week, we will start reading in Revelation chapter 1. I just wanted to give you a good, uh, lay the foundation so you'd understand it with context. Context is everything. Okay. Okie doke. Let me give you some scripture. John 1.8, King James Version. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. 1 John uh, 2.4, King James Version. He, he that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, King James Version. He that saith, he abideth in him, ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. St. Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, King James Version. Godly sorrow worketh repentance. So, it, so once you realize that we've broken God's moral law, then you can understand it. First, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, ESV. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality. Revelations 21, 8. ESV, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexual and moral sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. I think that's enough of that. Let me give you salvation scripture. Okay. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 10, King James Version, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thy heart that God is raised from the dead, shall be safe. With the heart, man believes in the righteousness. With the mouth, confesses man's salvation. Uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 13, King James Version, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, King James Version, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Okay. Now, let me give you just a few commandments so we can understand. Have you ever lied? That means white lie, whatever you want to call it, or untruth, or you didn't give the whole truth, or whatever it was. It's a lie. We all have lied. You know, if you're honest with yourself, we all have lied somewhere, somehow. Even if it was a child, it don't matter. Once you do that, you're guilty, and it stays with you till you come to Christ, and then he washes you clean with his blood supernaturally. And uh, so what do you call someone that lies? You call him a liar. And that would be the ninth commandment, you shall not bear false witness. Uh, have you ever hated someone? According to Jesus, you already committed murder in your heart, and that's the sixth commandment, commandment you shall not murder. So we all done that. We all got mad and all this stuff. Um, have you ever looked at another person with lust? According to Jesus, you already committed adultery in your heart. The seventh commandment says you shall not commit adultery. So that means we're, we're lying, um, hating, or murdering. Adulterate at heart. Have you ever stolen anything? That's um, we all have taken something, or don't matter the value of it. It could be like a paper clip, a pen you found, or whatever, or you borrowed it and never brought it back. It don't matter the value because God's standards are so high and ours are so low. What it costs one that steals a thief. You can add that to the list. 
We've all done that. And that was only, what, four? So that's why, so I gave you, like a doctor, he's going to give you the disease so he can give you the cure because you won't take the cure if you don't think you have a disease. So we have a sin disease. And what's the cure is by realizing that if if God was to judge you by these Ten Commandments, would you be... Would you be innocent or guilty? We would be guilty. Heaven or hell? It would be hell. If you're honest with yourself. So what did he do for us? For us sinners, including myself, everybody? Uh, Jesus came and he walked in this earth three and a half years. He gave the gospel and he healed and everything else. And then at the very last, he gave himself over to the, the wicked Jewish religious leaders that hated him because he brought truth. And then the Romans took him. They beat him where his flesh was popping out and bones were popping out and everything with whips that had metal uh, metal tips on it and bone tips. And then he put him on the cross. Then he put nails in his hand and his feet. That was the torture they did back then. And they stuck him up there. And then before, before he gave up his ghost, because he died himself, they didn't kill him. So he says, Father, it is finished. That means... The penalty for sin was done and he paid the price because we could not. Now we can come through faith believing. That means we humble ourselves through the commandments. We know we broke them all. We come to Jesus with a humble, contrite heart. We repent of our sins. We ask for God to forgive us of our sins and then put the trust we had in ourselves to Christ alone. Like you would in a parachute if you're in a plane about to crash and somebody gives you the parachute, you know that the parachute is going to save you from the jump to come. Jesus saves you from the judgment to come. Not only that, you will experience his supernatural love, his peace, and everything else. Then you start getting with God's people. That means going to church. I know a lot of people say, I don't do organized religion and all this stuff. But according to the Bible, that's what we need to do. There are good people out there. Yes, we're all people. We all make mistakes, whatever. But if you're, if that's your excuse about all that or you can't trust the Bible because somebody wrote it, well, then you can't trust anything because all the books we have, somebody wrote it. That's how it is, right? So that excuse blown out of the water. Right, so any excuse you have, I can I can pretty much let you know about it. Or a strong believer Christian that knows the Word of God will dispute it because he can tell you all about it. You know, so join so find a good Bible believing teaching church and start going there, joining it, um, so you can uh, learn as much as possible, a work for Christ. And get closer to Christ. But most of all, you have to start reading the Bible daily without fail. I would suggest, if you've never read the Bible before, to start in the book of John, New Testament. In the New Testament. And then read all of the New Testament. When you finish that, and read all the New Testament. And then start in the Old Testament. Because that will come. Um, the Old Testament is a lot different from New Testament. The Old Testament is warning. Uh, it tells you of what's to come. That Christ is coming sometime, someday. And the New Testament is he comes and he delivers us. So that's that's what that is. Okay. Let me give you some resources. Um, okay, this is all can be found on, on YouTube and websites and Rumble. Living Waters with Ray Comfort, livingwaters.com, RC Spro, Ligonier Ministries on YouTube, Answers to Genesis with Ken Ham, Answers to Genesis.org, Wild Bulls with David Barton, and he talks about uh, the majority of uh, the America's uh, Christian founding and everything. Dr. Walter Martin, waltermartin.org. Uh, 
Apologia Studios with Pastor Jeff Durbin, and and he has all the uh, audio recordings of Dr. Greg Bunsen, who is a great uh, biblical professor. And so the family, when he died, the family donated all that to to his organization, to his ministry, and so they redigitalized it and everything. And now you can literally go on there. Um, you go to apologiastudios.com and you can put it uh, with Pastor Jeff Durbin. You can put that search and it'll pop it up. And you click on it, then uh, they have a search engine on the, in their website. Just put Dr. Greg Bonson or Bonson you and it'll pop it up and you can literally get a free seminary education. How cool is that? Because I look at it too. Oh, or excuse me, listen to it. Okay. Um, if you want to to reach us, or correspond with us is uh, Bible Education Institute at gmail.com. If you need a Bible, we'd be glad to send you one. Um, also, you can watch um, our website is all lowercase Bible education institute dot webnode.com. Webnode is W E B N O D E. And you can uh, you can find us on all over social media. Um, at Bible Education Institute uh, with Reverend Henry Kelly. Uh, or just Bob Education Institute, pop it up. Uh, it's on YouTube Rumble, Helium Radio Network, HeliumRadio.com, and all these are audio platforms, podcast platforms, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Amazon Music, Overcast, Chrome, G-Potter, Firefox, Safari, iTunes, Audible, Alexa, Google, Podbeans, Internet Explorer, uh, and Podcast Addict and others. And again, I'm going to go over these great teachers, R.C. Sproul, Ligonier Ministries and all these can be found on YouTube. Uh, Dr. Vo- Dr. Bacham, James White, Dr. James White, and apologies to this, Pastor Joel Webbin with Right Response Ministries, Doug Wilson, Greg, Gary DeMar, Pastor Jeff Durbin. And also, I forgot to mention, you can also find us on Telegram, Getter, Twitter, and Facebook, and Gab. So, until next time, remember, read your Bible day without fail and do what it says. Welcome to Bible Education Institute. I don't know what happened. Oh. What happened?